flowers the four steps the four powers so we're doing the third of the four by four right and now we're doing the first of the four that is the third four so we had we had those assumptions very quickly right we're assuming that everybody wants to be happy and then we assumed that everything comes from a cause and then we talked about the pen thing about how nothing has any nature coming from its own side because different beings can perceive an object differently and if that's so then it means that the object's identity can't come from it it has it can't be coming from it it has to be coming from us to it, right? For you guys, it's this way. For me, it's that way. Um, so, if that's true, then every experience that happens to us is also coming from us. It's a ripening mental seed, which means it had to have been inside us in order to come out of us. And the way things get inside of us these mental seeds, imprints get inside of us is by way of what we've seen ourselves think, do, and say towards another. Which, of course, is going on constantly. Technically, even in our sleep in a very subtle way, but for right now, let's just say constantly in our conscious waking day for these purposes. Um, recording what we're seeing ourselves, how we're interacting with others. Those seeds are planted in there, they stir around, they grow, and at some point they ripen forth. But this at some point they ripen forth is going on constantly. So everything we're experiencing in this moment is a ripening of seeds that we put in before, and it's an opportunity to put new seeds in. You see, so our, our difficulty is that we react to our experiences in this habitual way, which is the same way in which they were planted. And so we just are naturally ripening and perpetuating these experiences in this constant mental seeds ripening, mental seeds recording. And we're, we're like stalled in us in a world that is suffering, right? It's either outright unpleasantness, headache, backache, traffic jam, labor work, off yelling, or the suffering of change, which is, and then it wears out, right? The pleasantnesses wear out. A delicious meal ends. We eat too many cookies and get sick instead of enjoying them, right? We have to get up early instead of getting all the sleep we need, right? The pleasure ends, which is the suffering. And then that pervasive suffering, which is all the while we're doing everything that we do to try to find happiness, our, our seeds for this life are wearing out. Our seeds for our health is wearing out. Our seeds for our youth is wearing out. And we're moving inexorably towards the end of our seeds for me in this life. Okay? It doesn't end me 
because we still have more seeds will never run out. We learned that before. Um, but the me in this life runs out, and we don't know necessarily whether what comes next is going to be a life where we can actively work with these seeds. Now, you get to a point in your understanding of this stuff that you can read, you can know you're going to create a life where you'll be working with these seeds. But it takes it takes some effort to do that. So. Um, Our task is to learn how to get off automatic pilot because the experiences we're having now are already ripened. They are real. These seeds have already blossomed and they're here. We're experiencing them. But what hasn't ripened yet is our reaction to them. Okay. Now, subtle reactions are ripening all the time, but our gross reactions haven't yet ripen. Right? So in the midst of the boss yelling at us, our natural reaction is to yell back in order to protect ourselves or to get the upper hand or whatever our motivation is. And that very act of yelling back is the seed that created the yelling in the first place. So we just created new seeds for being yelled at and seeds for the habit of yelling back. However, before you know, we're in that experience, the boss yelling at us, and before we let fly, if we can get ourselves off automatic pilot and just think, these are mental seeds ripening from, the, from when I got angry at somebody before, and I sure as heck don't want to perpetuate it, so I'm just going to clamp down, right? I feel the anger arising, but I'm not going to let myself act from it. And Master Shanti Davis says, just stay like a bump on a log. Or even better, force yourself to say, how can I help you? See what it does differently to what you're perceiving in the moment? It's not necessarily going to stop the anger coming at you right then. In fact, it might even seem to get worse. Because who wants to be told that when they're being yelled at? You almost want to get yelled at back, right? Because it riles you up. But... The seed that you plant by seeing yourself react with helpfulness in a negative situation plants the seed for you to see someone reacting with helpfulness when you're in a negative situation. Are you getting an idea of what we're dealing with? So if we can train ourselves to get off automatic pilot and choose our reaction our experiences then every ripening mental seed experience becomes an opportunity to create our future experience now at some point it feels like okay I'm doing all of this now so that some future will ripen you know and who knows when my premise to you is that we can train ourselves to do this in a way that you can recognize the result of what you did now, my lama says just from last week, and I didn't believe him until after retreat, and now I do. Now I know that that's true. So it's like I want to share that with you. So the, the beginning is to um, be able to recognize or to be able to uh, see that there is, in fact, a gap, very 
short, maybe, at first, but there is a gap between when we experience something and when we react to it. And it's in that gap that our power lies. So we're going to learn what to do with that gap. And we're going to cultivate it until we can get it big enough that we can actually manipulate the seeds that we're planting. And then we're going to learn how to manipulate getting them to ripen. Right? Manipulate sounds like the, a, a negative word, but uh, it's, it's giving us the power to create our world into what we want. Okay, so, yeah, beautify it, right? To make a world of kindness. It works if all you want is your own kindness. But who wants a world of your own kindness and everybody else suffers selfish loves? We don't, right? So we'll learn how to be sure that we don't fall into that. I don't suspect that anybody who's interested in these things at this level has much worry about that. Um, but it's something to keep in mind is, you know, I'm doing this to help me, but I'm really doing it because I'm going to prove to myself that it works so that I can help everybody get healed or get happy or get whatever you end up using this for. Right? Our purpose in this class is for healing. But it works for anything. Okay. So, let's see. Our task for last week was to review that health assessment to be able to identify the issues that we want to work with in order to create our future health. Um, and this particular list, in, in, in medicine it's called a review of systems. You know, and this is what you go through when you're doing a health assessment for someone's physical exam or a new patient you know, that you've just met for the first time. You want to know everything about them. And you go through this, you know, tell me about your hair, your skin, your eyes, your nose, you know, you learn to go through it really fast with people because you only have a 20-minute appointment to do it. But um, I use that because that's my framework, and I tried to include in it things that would take us personally a little bit deeper. But when I was going through it myself, it was like, I don't, I don't really know what I mean by health. You know, I know what doesn't feel good. And I could mark down, you know, I don't like this and I don't like that and I'd like this to be better or that. But when I really thought, you know, what what would it be like to be really healthy, I couldn't really answer that for myself. And so I'm wondering if you had that same experience. But if in going through this, it was made it a little bit less clear what this thing, good health or wellness or well-being really is, that we all are aspiring to. Anybody have any experience with that? Or was it just like, no, my eyes are fine, no, my nose is fine, no, my tongue gets rough? Was it, I don't know, was it obvious to you guys? I mean, was it clear to just fill this out and find out what you wanted? Okay, great. So, you know, good. Glad to hear that. Okay. 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 So it did bring up some question in your mind, just in terms of things maybe you are ignoring. Yeah, kind of. Okay. But I haven't really acknowledged that something that could be turned out. Okay, good. Right, something could be better. So you were accepting some part that was just like, oh, that's what life's about. And yeah. It was all 
it wasn't even negotiable. The, the steps in doing that was to go through the list and just mark the things that you would like to see improvement in, and then to look at those things and rate them in terms of importance to you. And then the task was to look at those things that were most important to see if there was some common theme to them that we could that you could boil down into like a one line statement. Were those instructions like clear and easy to follow or or did it was it like I I don't I don't get that going from the importance of them to making an I want statement. Anyone? Hmm. So um the the I want statement is like step step one of the four four steps. It's called the proper identification. And the way it's going to be revealed is a statement that says, I want dot, dot, dot. Okay. It's that simple. It, it's going to boil down to be that simple, but it's going to take us a little time to get there. Okay. So um, this I want statement, there's certain ways to state it that will make it more useful and more powerful. So it will need to be a statement that's like clear, succinct, and short. Has anybody ever worked with affirmation statements? It's like making an affirmation, right? Only an affirmation you're saying, this is true. Um, This one is, this is what I want to be true. It's just a little bit different. But the idea is clear, concise, short, succinct. When we make a statement like that, we're, it's as if we're talking to our subconscious mind. You could even say our superconscious mind. You could even say the universe. You could even say that higher power. You know, we're, we're talking directly to that, whatever that is. That, whatever that is, takes us very literally. And so when we make a statement that we assume we know what we mean, that overall subconscious doesn't take out all of the assumptions. And so, um, for example, I might say in my I want statement, I want my headaches to stop. And that seems pretty clear, concise, short, succinct. But one of the ways my headaches could stop is that I could die. And that is not my intended result, but the universe doesn't know that. I mean, it does know that, but it doesn't, it, it says, oh, she doesn't want headaches anymore. Okay, we can fix that. Oh, whoops. Right? So, we need to be careful in how we state our I want. Another kind of an example that I like to use is like we say I want my pain to stop but pain is useful if we had no ability to feel pain we could put our hand on the hot pot and not know 
that our hand is burning and to take it away. So pain is useful and protective, a mechanism that helps us. So we don't want pain to stop. What we want is our suffering to stop, our disease to stop. That's a little different. Right? Could one still have headaches and not suffer from them? I mean, can we even conceive of such a thing? It's hard when you're in one, but it should be possible. On the other hand, it doesn't mean to say that when we're talking about healing, it means, oh, your symptoms are going to stay, you're just not going to care. That's not the point either, to go through life just like this automaton that doesn't care what's going on. It's, It's to reach that state where one can experience pain or can experience dis-ease or discontent and yet not have the label suffering, which then is it discontent? You know, it might still be pain, but is it suffering? I don't know. It's something to cook because it's, it's like this does not compute even now for me still. What does it mean to have pain but not suffer from it? And yet I do know it's possible. I do know it's possible. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, okay. So, second thing to remember is that when we make our I want statement, we're going, in order to get that I want result, we have to go and see ourselves doing something to help someone else get something similar that they want. We have to make the mental seeds. So if we make an I want statement that is going to require a miracle and we don't think we can go help somebody else get a miracle, then we probably shouldn't make that as our I want statement. right? Because if we can't see ourselves helping somebody else get it, we're not going to be able to see it be our result. That said... The better we get at four-stepping, that's what we call this, you know, being able to apply this to our life in that gap between experiencing and doing, um, the more remarkable your results will be. You know, even to the point where you might be thinking, that's pretty miraculous. In which case, feel free to crank up your I want statement. Yeah. But not until you've proved it to yourself, right? Not until you you can see that miraculous result happening for someone else. Yeah, so it's like, for me, it'll be a while. Mm. Okay, so in order to make an I want statement, we have to know what it is we want. So I would, I set about to try to define these things called health or healing or cure or remedy or, you know, all these words that I have used in my professional career. And I thought I understood uh, until the results I received during my professional career just proved that I didn't know what I was talking about, actually. 
so I I would like for us to explore these concepts and then I'll share with you the definitions of some of the words and together let's figure out what we mean by health and healing and cures and all that and then we'll go on to our I want statement okay so you all know that technique of brainstorming you know where you just have this like statement or question and you just blurt out whatever pops to your mind without judging it or suppressing it and then it doesn't matter how ridiculous it is when we write it all down and then we go back and we look look at them and try to clarify it so if you'll indulge me we're going to do that okay so my intention for this course is to teach people how to create the causes for the health that they want so to me that means I want to share with you how to heal yourself. Hear my words, health, healing. If you're sick and you need a, if if you're sick and you're taking a treatment and that treatment isn't giving you the results you want, I want to help you figure out how to make the causes for your treatment to work better. If you're not sick and you want to stay well, I want to help you figure out how to stay well. If you're well but you want to be weller, I want to help you figure out how to do that. So these are the kind of words that I'm looking for. So the statement is, what, what is, I don't know the statement, what, what do we mean by, by health? What do we mean by healing? Is that a different question? So this would be another way right, of doing our health assessment, wouldn't it? To have a list like this and say, you know, to what extent am I fully functioning? Am I fully available? Am I non-suffering? Am I no limitated? Am I calm? Am I no compulsed? <laughs> no lack? No uh, have confidence? I mean, these are really, really much more beautiful than that list that I have. When we're making our I want statement, we want to hold these kind of ideas in mind. And yet, if we say in my I want statement, I want to be fully available, that's too vague. It's too broad to be able to go and plant some specific seeds with some other person to help them be more fully available. So we need to boil these down as we're making our I want statement into more specific ways that will help people. But if we could put this all into one big lump and call it this is our ideal of health, um, nobody said heart disease free or arthritis free or cancer free right? it doesn't mean we can't create that but it means maybe that's not what 
health is about. And, and I think that we've shown that, at least in this group, our understanding of what would really feel like a healthy need goes into this realm of how are we reacting to our state of physical being or emotional being or mental being, okay? Which, which beautifully shows me that you understand all of this stuff already, okay? And I'm just get to remind you about it. So, in, in the healthcare world, you know, we use these words for, you know, health and healing and cures and just, uh, I want to share those definitions with you because you, when you go out into your world to do your step two, um, those are the kind of words you will probably be using with your health help buddy right, that you're going to find until you can help them understand things on a little deeper level which won't be right away, necessarily. Maybe you have a health help buddy who's ready for this stuff and they actually bring it up and then great. But if not, if they're still in the old framework of my health means my arthritis stops being so stiff and painful in the morning, Um, we need to work within that framework. And so these terms, cure and healing and disease, I just want to read to you their definitions. Because you'll find that when you're talking to other people about these things, they'll have preconceived ideas of what they mean, and you might need to pull out your dictionary and help clarify them and yourself. So, cure from the dictionary, the one I used was Random House Dictionary of English Language College Edition, 1968. (laughs) Dates me. Cure means, you know, they have multiple meanings, so I just picked out the ones relevant to us. One, a method or course of remedial treatment as for disease. Two, successful remedial treatment or restoration to health. Seven, to relieve or rid of something troublesome or detrimental as an illness or bad habit. So it sounds like it's saying, get rid of it. Heal means to make whole or sound, restore to health, free from ailment, or to effect a cure, Five, to heal means of a wound or a broken bone, etc., to become whole, sound, men, get well. Which, I used to think I knew what those things all meant. Health means, one, the general condition of the body or mind with reference to soundness and vigor. Two, the soundness of body or mind, freedom from disease or ailment. And four, vigor and vitality. So some of those are things that we talked about. Remedy means five, to restore to natural or proper condition, to put right. So these words, when I was a professional, had like very specific connotations. You could, to cure someone meant the, the, the disease that revealed itself as some kind of abnormality that I could show. Either you could see it physically, or you could show it in a blood work, or on an x-ray, or some kind of study, that that abnormality went away because of whatever treatment 
the patient took, did. Um, that meant cure. And that treatment was the process in which you helped that happen. And um, what was the other one? Heal. Heal meant, you know, something broken got fixed. So I thought heal and cure was sort of similar. And, and yet, as I worked with people, hmm, it became so clear to me that these terms didn't have really specific meanings at all, and that even if there was one of those times where the abnormality went away, that person would just go on to get sick in some other way. You know, so it's like very quickly I learned this, what I thought I was supposed to do, which was to help restore people to normal, right, to the disease-free state, didn't seem to be possible. And, and so I, like, I felt like I have this whole task in front of me in which I'm doomed to failure because everybody's going to just keep getting sick. So I went looking for some other method, and I ended up with acupuncture because it was more about the balance and restoring harmony and health. And it's like, oh, okay, I can help people in a deeper way this way. I don't have to use the course medicine. I, we can get them to that state of balance, which doesn't necessarily mean that the abnormality goes away, right, from the blood work, from the x-ray, etc., but their sense of dis-ease can go away. Right? They can restore to this sense of balance and harmony and wellness, some of these terms that we were using. And yet still, I found that those folks, something else, it, they would just go out of balance again, either in the same way or in a new way. You know, so even, even you know, the methods like Ayurveda and um, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, all of these alternative methods that work more subtly, more holistically, they still don't get in there and address the real causes. They're addressing this whole issue just on a more subtle level. And useful and helpful. I'm not putting them down at all. I'm just in, we're still missing a piece of the puzzle. Um, so, with all this idea of I'm trying to remove their pathology because in removing their pathology, their distrust should go away, I even found that not to be true. Right? That I, I remember very early on in my career, I was in a retirement town, and this, I was watching my next patient come down the hallway, and she was, I don't know, 80-something, and a little Italian lady, you know, full, vivacious, wonderful little woman and walking down the hallway, she's obviously in like florid congestive heart failure. Right? She can take three or four steps before she has to stop and catch her breath. Her ankles are all swollen. But she's like grinning at me, you know, how are you doing, Mrs. So-and-so? Oh, you know, Dr. Susan, I feel like a million bucks. And it's like, my God, lady, you're about to drop dead. You know, it's like it really caught my attention that in her world, she felt great, or at least she was telling me she was, yeah. So then I had an, you know, it's like that was enough to make me wonder. And uh, then I had other patients who had almost no pathology but were miserable, 
And then I had people who had, you know, minor little stuff and minor little discomforts. And then I had people, you know, with big stuff and no discomfort or big stuff and lots of discomfort. You know, the whole gamut that said, there's something else going on here. And I was amongst them. I was one of the ones that had no pathology but hurt all the time. You know, so it's like, I am not crazy. I know I am not any more neurotic than everybody else, and they don't hurt all the time, right? So it's like, all of this drove me to to this, to where we are now. It's like, what the heck is going on? So it's like when we're figuring out our I want statement, we... We need to, like, look at what is it we really want, right? What is it about health that we don't have that we want? What is it about someone else's health in our world, if your health is good, that they don't have that they want that we can help them get to, okay? So, hmm. I know in your mind you're already thinking mental seeds. Okay, I know I need the mental seeds for the for the health that I want. And so I know I need to make those mental seeds by way of helping someone else get more healthy. So we think again about what would it mean for me personally to be healthy. Now, what does it mean for a 94-year-old living in a nursing home to be healthy compared to someone who's training to climb Mount Everest? Okay. Two di- very different concepts. What does it mean for you to go from your state of health now to a state of health that you'd like. And can you put that into a succinct statement? That's our task tonight. Maitri karunam muditam upeksham Maitri karunam muditam Oh,